This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Wee Boon. 2021 has been a surprising year, to say the least. Uh, coming off the heels of the pandemic that struck us in 2020, many were expecting recovery and growth this year. Unfortunately, this wasn't so, and some may have lost their jobs, some experienced a reduction in income, some were lucky to retain and even grow their income. So as we close the year off, what kind of financial checklist should you go through before welcoming the new year? Joining me to discuss this is Steve Lim, the Chief Learning Officer with Afin Huang Asset Management. Good morning and welcome to the show, Steve. So let's start off first. Uh, before we actually go into the checklist, can you maybe explain to me or explain to our listeners why is it important to review your financial checklist before the year ends? Yeah, it is important because we are living in a dynamic world. Our own financial affair, our own financial position also change. Especially if you are in investment, you are investing in something, basically the dynamic fundamentals that is happening in the world. So it is necessary to at least check it once a year. Our position versus also the ever-changing uh, environment we are living in, the financial environment we are living in. For someone that is somewhat aware of their personal finance situation, one mm-hmm. would assume that they would be looking into their finances or checking it as it goes along, maybe every three months, every six months. What makes the year-end checklist a hallmark or a point to kind of like look into? If you're checking it on a quarterly basis, I personally, I think um, it will be a bit too soon. I mean, some some of the events that affect us financially, like having a kid, okay? Doesn't happen like every six months, right? <laughs> or you get married, or in an unfortunate event, somebody is getting a divorce, okay? So all those affect the financial affair of a person, and they don't really happen very, very often. So one year is sort of like, it's a nice interval, okay? And you also coincide with our tax year, Okay, we only pay uh, file our tax return on a yearly basis. Okay, and we also receive our insurance statement on a yearly basis. I think it's um, an opportunity time on a year, yearly basis. We take a look at them and see whether they are still in line or kind of or, you know, off our, uh, the track that we have planned. Okay, so then what are the important things to review then? Uh, what are the key things that you should be looking into then? Perhaps I'll start from the investment side. Whether you're picking, keeping your money your money in FT or you're, you're buying some unit trusts or you're buying stocks or bonds or whatever, um, investment tend to be, uh, I would say, a little bit more volatile okay, than other aspects of our financial life. Um, I think... If you don't have a plan, if you don't have a financial plan to begin with, I think it's high time everybody to uh, basically sit down to look at their financial objectives, be it a one-year objective, three years, five years, um, all the way to 30 years when they want to retire. They should have an idea of how much money they have today and how much money they require to retire comfortably. Or if somebody just came out of work, um, planning to um, maybe buy buy a house, buy a car, and all that, they is 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 time to look at all your requirements, set the timeline. Say within three within three weeks, three years, I want to buy a car. 
within five years, I want to buy a house. Okay, ultimately, I want to start a family. I want to get married to, to start a family and all that. So all these are goals. Okay, so if you don't have a, a financial plan, you don't have a financial goal, I think it's high time to take out a sheet of paper and list out everything that's going to cost you quite a bit. Okay, and start planning from there. So once you have a plan, I think on a yearly basis, it's necessary just to look at it to see whether it, it, is, uh, it is on track to get what you plan, you know, say three, five, uh, 10, 15 years later. Okay. I know the market cycle usually uh, stretches to probably three years or even five years. To review it on a, on a yearly basis could be a little bit too soon for um, any sort of investment to actually bear fruit. But um, it, is, it is good just to look at it on a yearly basis to see whether it is even remotely behaving what it is supposed to, to do. If it is not, maybe you want to ask some question, uh, but try not to put the, too much pressure on your financial advisor, especially if you say you're investing in, a, in, a, in an equity fund, it will probably take a bit longer uh, for the, the fund on a mandate uh, to do what it's supposed to do. Um, also, we as an individual, we our risk profile uh, will change. Say within a year, uh, you got married. Okay, you got married to, to somebody. And instead of having a uh, your own plan, you may have to talk to your significant other to come up with some sort of uh, family plan rather rather than an individual plan. So he or she may be uh, also earning an income. If if the your significant other is not earning an income, then the, your you, you you have you have a slightly bigger headache. Because you, your own plan is supposed to do something and it's supposed to carry the burden of two, uh, two persons. Yeah. So um, your risk profile could have changed because of your marital status. Or in between, uh, very unfortunately, say you get a, you get a pay cut. Uh, you have been doing, say, dollar cost averaging. You have been contributing to an investment scheme uh, very religiously for a while. But because of the reduction of your income, you are forced to uh, contribute less to the investment plan. And under such circumstances, what would you need to do? I mean, you probably have to talk to your financial advisor again to say with the reduced contribution, how much short am I going to be, uh, say, 5, 10, 15, 20 years later? And in between, is there something I can do uh, should I take a little bit more risk or take a bit uh, take less risk uh, regards to uh, the composition of my portfolio? So risk profile could change. Okay, even your goals can change because of your the certain specific circumstances that is happening to you. So I like to kind of like hone in on the risk part of this conversation. Mm. You know, in terms of the risk tolerance, how do we, how can someone plot their risk tolerance maybe for the following year, looking back at how this year may have affected them? Let me just split the risk uh, part into two parts. Uh, risk tolerance and risk capability are two very different things. Risk tolerance is uh, essentially our inclination as a person whether we are brought up in an entrepreneur's uh, family who are very risk-seeking or we grew up in a very, very conservative environment, we are 
taught from young not to uh, take excessive risks. In that kind of environment, you probably grow up to be somebody quite risk averse, and then if you're just losing like 5% on, on your investment, you lose sleep over it. Okay. The risk capability side is um, your ability to assume risk. Okay. If you are 25 years old, you've got a very steady job. Uh, your risk capability is probably very, very high. Okay. Um, because you can mess up your investment, you can still come back the three, five years later, or even 10, 20 years later. If you are in your 50s, nearing retirement, and your, your risk capability will correspondingly uh, be reduced, okay? But if you are 55, you're 56, and you are making very uh, good money, and you there is no risk to your job, okay? Then your ability to take risk may be higher than that someone that is nearing the real retirement, let's say they, they would opt for early retirement. So risk profile, okay, I'm talking about the tolerance and the abilities are two very different things. Say, say today I'm, um, I'm 25, I got a job and I've been working for a couple of years and my boss just told me, uh, you only have to come in on a Monday to Wednesday, you know, uh, Thursday and Friday. We were working basically on half pay. Suddenly your salary is being slashed half. You'll be asking and you have been contributing very religiously to an investment scheme. And suddenly this has to be cut, uh, cut short. You you probably be asking, would you be taking more risks or take it, would you be moving your investment from a riskier investment to a less one? or less to more, okay? Because of your uh, reduced contribution, okay? And you're only 25, you have like another 30, uh, 35 years to go until retirement. You should not scale back on the risk-taking part because if, if you're doing dollar cost averaging, you're doing a, um, a regular contribution into something, um, you should be you should feel a bit more comfortable taking more risk because you, you, I'm assuming you don't need the money for a long time. I'm talking about retirement fund, essentially. But if you are in your 50s and um, suddenly your boss say you have uh, outlasted your usefulness, uh, will probably be uh, giving you early retirement, okay? And you have been investing very aggressively into equities or small cap, uh, small to mid cap funds. At that point, you probably want to scale back very, very aggressively on the risk that you have been taking. Okay, you probably want to put a lot more in uh, the income, the bonds, and the, the so called money market funds. Okay, so the risk, the ability of a person to take risk or their tolerance are two different things. Make sure you know, okay? When you are supposed to take risks, please do. Because when you, are, when, when you need to take risks and you can't, you really can't do much about it. Okay. 
Um, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Weeboon. Today's topic is your financial checklist before the year ends. What should you do? What should you look at? Uh, joining me to discuss this is Steve Lim, the Chief Learning Officer from Afin Huang Asset Management. Now, um, Steve, there's a good chance that, you know, your spending ha- one's spending habit might have changed during the pandemic. Mm. You know, How do you then take this opportunity to review and assess your spending? habits and how does it kind of like um, go into your kind of 2022 financial planning? If you experience a reduced income or if you're a businessman and, and business has been tough and this is the best time to what we call um, exercising some sort of financial fitness. Okay. is uh, Look through your budgeting, look through your debt, look through your existing portfolio and see whether there are any fats that you can cut away. Uh, essentially, if you have been, during the good times, you have been spending quite lavishly on things that uh, you don't need and you look around your house, there are actually a lot of items that are sitting around. Uh, during the good times, you, you just acquire them out of, uh, you know, basically uh, impulsive uh, buying. Um, I think it's about time you... Uh, probably do a little bit of uh, toning, okay, to your habits. Instead of dining out uh, every day, you might want to consider, you know, the buying produce and, and cook at home. Instead, look through, just do some budgeting, look through all the items you have been spending over the last one year and see what can can be cut, what is not necessary. It's, it's a time where you go back you scale back on the wants and focus on the needs. There is uh, something that I just want to mention because of the COVID sell down last year and because of all the QE, the central banks has been doing essentially flooding the market with a lot of liquidity. A lot of uh, loan packages, interest rate is coming down. So the banks are offering, uh, I, I personally have gotten a few calls from uh, competing banks uh, essentially offering me some very, very exciting, very low financing package. Perhaps this is a good time to also maybe consider refinancing your housing loan. You can easily save, uh, if not hundreds, uh, it depends on the, the, the value of your property and, and the amount of your loan, you know, can result in some substantial uh, uh, savings. You might just want to um, keep yourself a bit financially lean so that you can weather the storm. If there is a, a storm coming, I, I know there is a new variant of the virus uh, coming out. You, nobody knows what is going to happen. So it's always good to be prepared. Lah. Yeah. What about um, the the angle of insurance? Should they also take this time to look at their coverage and what they can do with it? And if they can, what should they be doing with it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, something happened to my life, uh, say, uh, a year ago, and I was reviewing all these insurance policy. I was reviewing the beneficiaries and all that. I was shocked that uh, they were so outdated. Okay. I was, uh, you know, the beneficiary of your EPF policy, uh, your EPF account and the beneficiary of your insurance policy. Something could have changed your life, you know. Okay. Uh, now your kids are a bit older, Maybe your kids are older, you want to name them as beneficiary rather than your significant other. 
Okay, uh, if you go through some some event in your life, the beneficiary may may not be around anymore to receive it when you are not around. Okay, so it's very important to look at uh, the policies uh, and check the beneficiaries because it is quite uh, it's quite easy to change them. You just have to um, in EPF case, you probably just have to visit the office once and and get it changed. And insurance for insurance policy, you can probably talk to an insurance agent to uh, basically fill out a form. The thing about insurance coverage is, um, yeah, you could have acquired some assets over the last one year, you know, some some big assets, or you could have moved from a a, a smaller house to a bigger house, or a bigger house to a smaller house. There are changes to your financial uh, position, and you should um, always look at the coverage. Is it enough? And when you buy insurance policy, always remember, focus on the coverage because insurance is a risk management tool. It is not an investment and saving tool. It is not a very efficient investment and saving tool. You buy insurance when you don't need it. When you need it, you would not be able to buy it, okay? Because the insurance company would not want to sell it to you. So it's very important to look at the coverage. So when something happens to you, you know, unfortunately, events some something happened to you, you want the coverage, not the savings. The savings is not going to solve your problem. Okay, and let's take this time to talk about retirement planning as well. Uh, you know, towards the end of the year, you want to look at your retirement planning. How do we look into retirement planning? How do we kind of like uh, assess how the past year might have affected your retirement planning? Mm, if you have a solid plan from the beginning and you just stick to uh, the contribution, whether in the form of EPF contribution, if there is no drop in your income, um, or you can actually project, sort of like uh, project what this EPF account is going to grow to uh, roughly. Um, if it is not sufficient, you can supplement it with uh, your own investment, your own uh, regular savings uh, uh, scheme, or you can buy PRS, a private retirement scheme that gives you a... Um, or some sort of tax deduction, okay? As long as you plan it properly, do your forward thinking, uh, sorry, the forward calculation very uh, uh, very meticulously, okay? In between, you should not disturb it, okay? The, uh, if you're very young, your retirement planning, whatever you're investing should be uh, of higher risk for higher returns so that your contribution doesn't have to grow, you know, every year. Let's say you start planning for your retirement only at the age of 45, then you probably could not afford to take too much risk. And you probably have to supplement your retirement plan from other source of income. You may have to consider maybe working part-time or, or pick out a hobby that's going to make you some kind of money. So the retirement planning do it very early and do it right. Get the calculation all correctly to make sure you grow to the amount that you are going to require when you uh, when you retire. When you finally retire, you cannot not in the position or not in the physical uh, condition to work. Okay, finally, then where does tax planning fall into this conversation? How should we relook at our tax plan at the end of the year? I mean, we are having this conversation at the, at the right time because I'm also looking at my, my own tax return. This, you, you only have three more weeks 
to essentially make the purchasers do the uh, commit the expend, uh, expenditure so that you can maximize all the deductions uh, that an individual, say you're an individual uh, taxpayer uh, is entitled to. Okay, things like your lifestyle uh, expenses, if you you have been uh, looking at the phone that you're wanting, uh, wanting to buy. I mean, this is probably the time just to commit it because, you know, you can, um, you can deduct 2005 from your taxable income. And you know, health screening or all these uh, expenses is actually tax deduct- deductible. If you haven't done one for a long time, and this is probably the, the right time to just, just commit it. Um, I don't have the complete list of deduction, but there are things like uh, you haven't gone to the neighboring town for a nice holiday, stay in a, a posh hotel, probably this is the time to do it because uh, domestic tourism uh, expenditure is tax deductible up to 1,000 of your taxable income. And the other thing is, uh, yeah, if you feel charitable, a lot of people are, are having a tough time. If you chari- feel charitable, the, check out some NGOs or charitable organizations and, and and help them out. When you contribute to them, you can actually uh, get it deducted from your from your income, uh, your, basically your taxable income. And we've reached the end of our conversation. Uh, I've been speaking to Steve Lim, the Chief Learning Officer for Afin Huang Asset Management. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. I'm Sim Wibun signing up for the morning run. We've got the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.